Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts, Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally, into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hi, and welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond, here with my co-host. I'm Prue Warren. And today, Prue, we are talking about hooks, which we did last week. I know. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But last week, we talked about the hook that is at the beginning of your book that draws the reader in grabs them by the eyeballs and forces them to stay there. Today, we're going to talk about the type of hooks that you find at the end of chapters, which just, we're no longer trying to grab their eyeballs. We've already got them. We've got a good grasp on them, but now we need to keep them there. Right. I think of this, Mary, I think of this in terms of my um, direct mail fundraising career. If you use like Word as your word processing program, uh, Bill Gates likes you to break your page at the bottom of a paragraph and, and Word will do its very best to break your page at the bottom of a paragraph. In my world, in the fundraising world, I want to break the page in the middle of the paragraph so that your desire for completion forces you to turn the page. I don't just want the middle of the paragraph. I want the middle of the sentence. If I could do it, I'd do the middle of the word. Because people hate, right? If you sing seven notes of an octave, people will sing the eighth note just because it drives them crazy not to have that completion. So I think of these hooks at the end of chapters as being, how do you make sure the reader does not get enough sleep tonight, right? (laughs) Can you write an end of chapter that will force the reader to turn the page and keep going? Exactly. That's my, that's my, that's my parameter. Are you sleeping or are you going to keep reading? <laughs> yes. I have to say the, the best review I got was from somebody who said that my book made put his marriage in some, in some deep trouble <laughs> because he did not go to sleep. He did not talk to his wife. He did not stop reading because he was reading my book. And I was like, thank you. I'm sorry. That is a good review. <laughs> You can have that engraved on your headstone. I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> All right. Give us an example, Mary. Will you, will you lead us off with the first one? Sure thing. Okay. Um, so I did a couple of different things. I looked at some classics and I also was reading. Um, I've been editing a couple of books recently. And of course, Hooks are one of the things that I read for when I edit. Uh So why don't we start with my client's hooks? I have a good one and a bad one. Okay. Um, I'm not going to name any names. And uh, these books are not yet published. When they are published, because uh, I send comments back to my uh, clients and, and they do rewrites and make them better. And then... So when they are published, I will shout out to the world 
who these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, <laughs> are you going to start with the names. good hook? Are you going to start with the good hook or the bad hook? Which would you like me to start with? Uh, start with the bad hook. Okay. Um, so uh, my hero and heroine are in peril. They, um, they're bad guys who have uh, gone into the hero's house and uh, they're trying to capture the hero and heroine. Actually, they're trying to kill the hero and capture the heroine. Okay, the hero has a dog, Murphy. With a sharp whistle, he brought Murphy over to him. When I tell you to, dog, I need you to go get them. The dog looked at him quickly before crouching down on his haunches to face the cabin, letting out a bark. Okay, that's the bad one. Okay. It's not, I don't, I don't, it's not awful. I mean, I it's thought not, that would make me go, okay, we're, yeah. we're, we're at action point. Yes, but thinking, think about it. The last thing that the person reads, that the reader reads, is the phrase, letting out a bark. Oh, yeah, okay. That's okay. not great. That's You're not right. exciting. You're if, right. If instead she changed, she swapped the dog's action for the dialogue, then it would end, when I tell you, dog, I need you to go get them. Yeah, that is better. That's better. That's right? better. So yep. all she would need to do is swap action for dialogue like to make it. it better. I like it. I like it. I agree with you. Okay. Here is my other one that is good. Okay. Marcus felt her fingers spasm in his hand. He tightened his hold. She didn't ask him to go with her, but he didn't give her a choice. The Gwyn murders and the explosion were connected, and magic had something to do with both. Marcus had a terrible feeling he knew what that something was. It was bad. Really bad. I'm turning the page. Right. I'm, oh, I'm not going to sleep. You're not going to sleep. You have to turn that page and find out what it is. Yeah, that yeah. is connecting the murders and, and the yeah, explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, my first one is kind of long because I kind of fell in love with what he was doing here. This is from Russia with Love. This is Ian Fleming's first James Bond novel. Nice. And um, it's the it's the end of chapter eight. So you're not very deep into the book. And beautiful Tatiana, the, the Russian who doesn't know that she's about to be turned into a spy, has been summoned to the offices of Rosa Klebb. For four or so they whispered, she would take the camp stool, that refers to Rosa Club, and draw it up close before the face of the man or woman that hung down over the edge of the interrogation table. Then she would squat down on the stool and look into the face and quietly say, number one, or number 10, or number 25. And the inquisitors would know what she meant and they would begin. And she would watch the eyes in the face a few inches away from hers and breathe in screams as if they were perfume. And depending on the eyes, she would quietly change the torture and say, now number 26 or now number 64. And the inquisitors would do something else as the courage and resistance seeped out of their eyes and they began to weaken and beseech. She would start crooning softly. There, there, my love. Talk to me, my pretty one. And it will stop. 
It hurts. Oh, it hurts me so, my child. And one is so tired of the pain. One would like it to stop and to be able to lie down in peace. A long description of Rosa Club killing, torturing people. Yeah. Then after yet another suspect had been broken, Rosa Club would go back down the passage with her camp stool and take off her newly soiled smock and get back to her work. And the word would go round that all was over and normal activity would come back to the basement. Tatiana, frozen by her thoughts, looked again at her watch, four minutes to go. She ran her hands down her uniform and gazed once more at her white face in the glass. She turned and said farewell to the dear familiar little room. Would she ever see it again? She walked straight down the long corridor and rang for the lift. When it came, she squared her shoulders and lifted her chin and walked into the lift as if it was the platform of the guillotine. Eight, she said to the elect girl operator. She stood facing the doors. Inside her, remembering a word she had not used since childhood, she repeated over and over, my God, my God, my God. <laughs> Are you going to keep reading? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is Elsa Rosa Club going to do to beautiful Tatiana? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but it interests me, Mary, that you pointed out that simply reversing action for dialogue made a better hook. And that ends, it's an internal dialogue, but it is her repeating, my God. Right. So I think that's very interesting that maybe that you have identified something that I'm going to be watching for during this podcast, which is ending on dialogue as opposed to action. Mm. So maybe, maybe that's a theme. We'll see if it plays out. Okay. What's your next one? Um, my next one, let's see. Okay. This next one is from Georgette Hare. Oh, good. Well, that's interesting because she wrote a while ago and styles have changed. Exactly. Oh, okay. yet she still knows how to hook us. Okay. He looked a little alarmed for she spoke with a degree of urgency, which made him feel uneasy. Yes, he said. He added apologetically, very fond of you, Kit. Always was. Thing is, not a marrying man. Then, Freddie, will you be so very obliging as to be betrothed to me? Miss Charing said breathlessly. I love that woman's style. I mean, yes, I yes. What did he say? Did he answer? Are we on? Is it going to work out? You well, don't know. You have to keep reading to find out. But what did it end on? It ended, yes, on dialogue. Okay, so we've had three examples so far. And, not and all only three of them have ended on dialogue. Not only that, but the last word of the chapter is breathlessly. Is that not a wonderful word? Yep, it's a wonderful word. Wait a minute, read the last line again, because it doesn't end on breathlessly? Yes, it ends on breathlessly. I think I read it wrong. Um, hang on. The last line is, Then, Freddie, will you be so very obliging as to be betrothed to me, said Miss Charing breathlessly. Do you, would you reverse, would you say Miss Charing said breathlessly, then Freddie, would you be willing, so obliging as to be married to me or betrothed to me? Would you recommend ending on the actual words? Um, that's an excellent question. I don't think it makes a difference in this case because breathlessly is such a fantastic word. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> 
All right. All of my remaining ones are shorter than Rosa Club, so okay. worry yeah. not. Uh, this is um, from the middle. I, you know, I went, I was looking at classics, so I pulled out Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and that was when she was a beginning writer, and her hooks were not very good. You had, you were, you were drawn on by the story itself, but not by the hook. So I pulled out um, number five, The Goblet of Fire, to see what she had learned over her career. And I thought I thought she had learned pretty pretty well. Okay, so wait, um, do you have a bad hook for us from the first book? Oh, I have a boring hook. Good. Give us a boring hook. All right. Hit pause. Let me go grab it. Okay. 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 So this is um, from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is the end of chapter four. Uh, Harry and Hagrid talking. Why were you expelled? It's getting late. We've got lots to do tomorrow, said Hagrid loudly. Gotta get up to town. Get all your books and that. He threw off his thick black coat and threw it to Harry. You can kip under that, he said. Don't mind if it wiggles a bit. I think I still got a couple of dormice in one of the pockets. Yeah. That's the end. It ends on dialogue, but it doesn't inspire you to say, then what happened? Right. Harry's going to sleep. Goodbye. To me, that is ending your page at the end of a paragraph. Right. Exactly. Right. That's not. Yeah. It is the end of the action. Yep. Yep. It's the end of the thought. And that's it. You don't need to resolve a, a hanging thread to keep going. Look at what she's learned by book five. This is the Goblet of Fire. Dumbledore suddenly stopped speaking, and it was apparent to everyone what had distracted him. The fire in the goblet had just turned red again. Sparks were flying out of it. A long flame shot suddenly into the air, and borne upon it was another piece of parchment. Automatically, it seemed, Dumbledore reached out a long hand and seized the parchment. He held it out and stared at the name written upon it. There was a long pause, during which Dumbledore stared at the slip in his hand, and everyone in the room stared at Dumbledore. And then Dumbledore cleared his throat and read out, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So Added Harry's name right into the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, you're going to turn the page for that one. And she ends it on dialogue, oddly enough. Yes. Yes, she does. And she ends it on our hero. Right. She's drawn the attention back to our hero, who was not supposed to have his name read out. Right. Right. So good for her. Excellent. Good for her. She picked it up. She 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 built hookier hooks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. This is from uh, Dorinda Jones. First grave on the right. I love those books. I know. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the time I was imagining my reluctant appearance and the off the cuff at the really really right awards ceremony that my mind processed movement. Something flashed in my periphery, a fist possibly, and was quickly followed by a burst of pain in my jaw. Then all I could think of as I fell through the skylight was, holy crap. (laughs) Gotta turn the page. And end it on internal dialogue at the very least. Yes, it's internal dialogue. This is, I think this is a really interesting, I think this is a really interesting technique. I have one for you that does not end on internal dialogue, but I think it's a pretty good tease. Um, Stephen King 
couple decades ago did The Green Mile as a serial. He wrote six individual novellas that were linked together. And at the end, you could probably buy the whole thing. But being a fan, I was buying them one by one by one. This is the end of part one that made you wait until next month to buy part two and drove me up the wall. Um, and it's a, it's the, the head of the prison uh, team on, on death row. And they go, they have a very bad execution. He looked up. I thought for a moment, I saw tears in his eyes, but I guess I was probably wrong about that. I ain't saying nothing, Paul, but I found them up there and I smelled peppermint. Same as you, you know, you did. And I can't do this no more. I won't do this no more. Seeing one more man in that chair just about kill me. I'm going to put in for a transfer to boys correctional on Monday. If I get there before the next one, that's fine. If I don't, I'll resign and go back to farm. What did you ever farm besides rocks? It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't, I said. I think I'll put in with you. He looked at me close, making sure I wasn't just having some sport with him, then nodded as if it was a settled thing. The wind gusted again, strong enough this time to make the beams creak and settle. And we both looked around uneasily at the padded walls. I think for a moment we could hear William Morton, not Billy the Kid, not him. He'd been wild Bill to us from his first day on the block, screaming and laughing, telling us we were going to be damn glad to be rid of him, telling us we would never forget him. About those things, he was right. As for what Brutal and I agreed on that night in the restraint room, it turned out just that way. It was almost as if we had taken a solemn oath on those tiny bits of colored wood. Neither of us ever took part in another execution. John Coffey was the last. So you want to know what's going to happen next. What happened? What happened with John Coffey? Who is John Coffey? Why is, how, why is John Coffey being executed? What's going on? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I think Stephen King is astonishing, and he has kept me up many a night, many <laughs> Unable to stop at the end of the chapter. Right. Right. Yes. Um, so I think an interesting thing to mention here is something that Margie Lawson teaches, which is called backloading. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Go, man. So backloading is when you is the concept is ending with a hook. And she says you should backload sentences and you should backload paragraphs. And you, of course, we're talking about backloading chapters. Explain. Um, so when you are backloading, of course, I forgot to pull up my, my class notes on this. But um, when you are backloading, you are leaving your reader with, if you're it's a sentence or if it's a paragraph, it's the most important thing for to leave somebody with. So like as I, I was saying. Um, oh, breathlessly. Breathlessly, exactly. That is backloading. Leaving breathlessly as the last word of the chapter, of the paragraph, of the sentence is much more important so instead of, I read it wrong the first time I read it. I said, she said. Right, right. Breathlessly. Right. Or, so I read, if, I, if it had been breathlessly, she said, 
it wouldn't be as good, as interesting. As powerful. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be as powerful. Mm-hmm. But because breathlessly is the last word, we're caught. I'm fascinated by that concept. Yes. It's an amazing concept. It really is. It's really cool because it is, um, it, it's how you grab somebody. It's how you hook them. It's how you hook them. All right. So as we're going through the rest of these, I have, I have three more. I don't know if we'll have my sense of time is all screwed up. Um, I have three more and we're, I'm, I want to look at the very last word because I think that's going to be an interesting question. Yeah. 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 Okay. What you got? Uh, I'm, I'm entertained by this. We've got, we've got two themes going here. We've got end with dialogue as opposed to action. And now we've got end with a powerful last word. We've got backloading. Right. All right. All right. Yes. Let's, let's keep an eye out for those. Okay. Um, I went back in time. <laughs> and I looked up Ivanhoe by Sir Walter Scott. Good idea. One of my favorite books of all time. So I have, I just, I just randomly went to a chapter in Ivanhoe mm-hmm. and I pulled out, actually, I went to, I, I went to a couple of chapters. So I have a bad example from Ivanhoe and I have a good example from Ivanhoe. Hit me. Okay, so the bad one. The knight, therefore, stretched himself for repose upon a rich couch with which the tent was provided, and the faithful girth extending his hardy limbs upon a bearskin which formed a sort of carpet to the pavilion, laid himself across the opening of the tent so that no one could enter without awakening him. Okay, it's the end of the scene. It's It's the end. It's the end of the paragraph. It's, it's the, end the, the end of the thought. It's the end of the day. It couldn't exactly. be more complete. You might as well roll over and go to sleep yourself. Precisely. Right. So no reason to go on. Right. Here's another one. Same book. Later on in the book. The occasion of this interruption, we can only explain by resuming the adventures of another set of our characters. For like old Aristo, we do not pique ourselves upon continuing uniformly to keep company with any one personage of our drama. So basically what he's saying is, okay, right. we've finished that scene, but let's not forget, we have more characters going who are doing stuff here. Let's go and look, see what they're doing. See, I don't find that compelling. It's not all that compelling. You're right. I take it back. It is not that compelling. Sir Walter Scott, fantastic, amazing, <laughs> incredible writer, did not hook his reader. But I think I think it is an aspect of timing, right? Because I we last week I read something from uh, Great Expectations, and Charles Dickens serialized all his works. So my assumption was that his hooks would be right huge fish hooks right through the gills. You wouldn't you'd be killing yourself to read the rest of it. Yeah. And uh, not They're so not. much. They're, They're just not. not. I mean, it's the end of the. It's the end of the scene. It's the end of. The, you know, it's not a hook. So I think there's an aspect of timing. Okay, but then here I have one more that I'm going to force on you. Okay. All right. I've got. I've got three, but I'll ditch them if we need to. Okay. This is the Scarlet Pimpernel. Okay. So also a really old book. 
the young vicomte, who had not elected to follow his mother in her dignified exit, now made a step forward, ready to champion the Comtesse, should Lady Blakeney aim any further shafts at her. But before he could utter a preliminary word of protest, a pleasant, though distinctly inane laugh was heard from outside. And the next moment, an unusually tall and very richly dressed figure appeared in the doorway. I got to turn the page. You got to turn the page. Turn the page. I got to turn the page. This is not internal thought. This is not dialogue. But something happens that makes us turn the page. I would say it's also not backloaded. I think think if you really were forcing the backload, you could say, and then in the doorway appeared a tall and richly dressed figure. Exactly. Well done. (laughs) Yes, I should mess around with this work. Sure. <laughs> That's a good idea. All right. Uh, I have I have something written for you from an earlier time. I have Dracula. <gasps> oh. Uh, this is Van Helsing talking to, I can't remember who the I guy is. I forgot. Tonight I can sleep in peace and sleep I want. Two nights of travel, much reading in the day between, and much anxiety on the day to follow, and at night to sit up without without a wink. Tomorrow in the early morning, you shall call for me, and we come together to see our pretty miss, so much more strong for my spell, which I have worked. Ho, ho. He seemed so confident that I, remembering my own confidence two nights before, and with the baneful result, felt awe and vague terror. It must have been my weakness that made me hesitate to tell it to my friend, but I felt it all the more like unshed tears. (gasps) Unshed tears. That's good. That's a good backloaded. That's a good backloaded ending. It is. I would. I would say that I think this is more modern than the Scarlet Pimpernel, but it has not yet gotten to modern day. But Van Helsing, let me tell you about the blood on her neck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm looking at my last two to see if I think they're they're worthy. Okay. All right. Try this. Try this. Okay. Um, one for the money. Janet Ivanovich, the first Stephanie Plum novel. Ah, nice. There was no sign of the van. That didn't mean much. Morelli could be driving whatever by now. I headed for Nottingham with one eye on the road and one on my rearview mirror. There was little doubt in my mind that Morelli was out there. But at least he was giving me the courtesy of not being obvious. That meant he took me moderately seriously. It was a cheery thought that prompted me to rise to the occasion with a plan. The plan was simple. Go home, park the Cherokee in the lot, wait in the bushes with my killer gas, and zap Morelli when he tried to reclaim his car. <laughs> Which I think it does make you go, well, did that work? <laughs> I, think, I, I think it would keep you reading. I don't know. I, I so could much? close a book on that. And, and you? say, well, I'll pick it up tomorrow. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, that's number one in her series. She might have gotten better later on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> My last one is um, Polar Star by Martin Cruz Smith, which I love. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay. Uh, Renko is a um, police detective in Moscow who runs afoul of various um, political machinations in in the book Gorky Park. And so in the second book, Polar Star, 
He has found work on a factory fishing ship. He works in the, in the bowels of the ship, slicing spines off of fish as they roll in from the icy North Sea. Yes. And someone dies on the ship. And the, 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 the captain discovers that he has a former police detective on board and says, go ahead and go ahead and investigate. And so the captain is Marchuk and comrade Volovoy is the, is the political officer. The inquiry here and now is what matters, Marchuk said. Report the facts as you find them. No, Arkady said. Arkady's our guy, Arkady Mikhail. I agree with Conrad Volovoy. Leave this for Vladivostok. Oh, you're reluctant. I understand, Marchuk sympathized. The important thing is you can redeem yourself. I don't need to redeem myself. I agreed to spend a day asking questions. The day is over. Arkady started for the door. Comrades, good night. Marchuk got to his feet. Stunned, stupefaction turned into the rage of a powerful man whose good intentions have been betrayed. Meanwhile, Volovoy sat back, scarcely believing his turn of fortune. Renko, you say someone killed this girl and you won't find out who? I don't think I could, and I'm not interested, Marchuk said. I'm ordering you. I'm refusing. You forget you're speaking to your captain. You forget you're speaking to a man who has spent a year on your slime line. Arkady opened the door. What can you do to me? What could be worse? That's a great book. I love Gorky Park and I love all the books in the series, but something about Polar Star, it's, that's my favorite. That's just awesome. Mm -hmm. So well written. <laughs> and see, yeah, I would not be able to stop reading at that point. Right. What are you going to do to him? A year on the slime line, you put him, you put him in prison. He's going to thank you. <laughs> okay. Stay in my cabin. I'm in. Okay, so we've had a lot of discussion of hooks, and I'm opening up my spreadsheet to see what we're talking about next week. How to critique. Oh, that's a good one. How to critique. You know, I have a friend, uh, not, not a very close friend. I've never actually met her, but we've sort of had online communications. She's written a book, and her story is good, mm -hmm. but her she needs she needs an editor. She needs a proofreader. She needs all those things that turn a good story into a good book. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to tell her so. Mm. I don't know how to say that to her without implying that she's not a good writer because she is a good writer. So as we're as we're thinking about next week, how to critique, I'm going to keep that in mind because mm -hmm. people who write good stories also need to write good books. So. I'm hoping we can I'm hoping we can cover that. I'm hoping you have words of wisdom for me next week. Okay. Cool. Here's what happened that was very exciting, Mary. <gasps> this week, Brenda made comments on the podcast website. I know. So and chatting with us. <laughs> that was exciting. <laughs> that was very exciting. Thank you so much, Brenda. I hope we that you're listening. <laughs> That means Brenda and Glory. Now we're talking to two people. I know. We can say listeners instead of listener. <laughs> <laughs> this is the beginning of our rise to podcast majesty. <laughs> we're on our way up. <laughs> we're on our way up. And we're taking Brenda and Glory with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. We welcome comments. We welcome comments from anybody on the Writers Block Party Podcast.com. And we'd love it if you would rate us. 
and yeah. share us, chat us up and yeah, all that good stuff. And you know what I discovered when I was reading Brenda's comments? Yes. Um, I found that um, there was a listing telling me where people are listening to this. What did you find? I found that more people are listening to this podcast on Amazon podcasts uh, than on Apple podcasts. Isn't that interesting? Once again, Amazon, 600-pound gorilla slamming around. Yeah. That's, that is pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. Amazon is our overlord. I was out driving around yesterday, and I must have passed five little Amazon vans scurrying mm. about the place dropping off things to people that are, I think Amazon is like this. We are in a science fiction time and the overlord is called Amazon. We just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> right. It's happening. Here it is. Who's got the fleet? Amazon. Who's got your food? Amazon. Who's got your books? Who's got your podcast? Oh my God. Yeah. It's Amazon. So Sky, you by any other name, pretty soon they're going to launch the bots and oh, they're going to kill us all. <laughs> So little, if you are listening on Amazon, let us know. We are curious. Let us know if they'll let you speak the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just a little paranoid. <laughs> and Blink if you, twice if you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not listening on Amazon, let us know that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring on, Freedom Rider. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> Meredith, it is clearly time for me to go sit in a dark room and breathe deeply. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me about beginning hooks and end hooks, because I've I've learned a lot I, I, I've, and, and had a very good time. Excellent. All right. We will talk again next week. Have a okay. good week. Thanks. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Oh, my God.